What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janela Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my second annual year in review podcast. Hopefully, it won't be my last, though the way the world is going. Who knows if that's true or not? Back for the second straight year. And I called him on the pod last year, the year in review pod, a dear friend. That was a lie to you listeners. I, I tolerate him at best, but he's good for content. Wow. So I brought him back for a second straight year. Mike Rodner, what's up, dude? Wow. You know, the, the, that was the best thing you said on the pod last year was that I was a dear friend. And then you've immediately taken it back, much like the rest of 2017, a disappointing start to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting year. So we're going to go through a bunch of stuff. But, but another thing from last year that I loved was I listened back to it just to prep for this episode. And we opened the show saying, well, 2016, one of the worst years of all time. And then 2017 comes along and says, hold my beer. So we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to break it down into a bunch of categories, right? Kind of like we did last year, some of the same, some new ones. So we're going to give you guys a quick rundown of what to expect. And then we're going to actually jump into it. So uh, we're going to have the entertainment section. We're just going to name our movie of the year, song of the year, TV show of the year. We're going to have our memory section, which is going to be our favorite sports moment because we're both big sports fans. It's going to be the best thing we bought this year and the coolest thing we did this year. Then we're going to hand out our big awards, which are going to be rookie of the year, the most WTF moment of the year, uh, the bust of the year, so something that's disappointed us, and the MVP of 2017 and then if we have time we should because podcasts have no time limit uh we're going to say what we look forward to most for 2018 all sound good rudner what are you thinking that sounds good i I, i'm just thinking if we get to a year three of this we got to start making actual hardware to send to our award winners because i know john phelps is really upset he didn't get anything for the social media account of the year award last year so I, i think if we make it to year three we start making actual hardware and John Phelps and LeBron James, our inaugural MVP from last year, and Theo Epstein, we'll send them all something, and we'll see who actually appreciates it most. But yeah, it's a good idea for year three. Um, Rodner, let's get right to it, man. Um, so before we get to any of the specific awards, we're not going to shy away from politics, right? I've seen some year-end stuff, some review stuff where people are saying, we're going to stay away from the politics, we're going to focus on just the, the fun, positive stuff of the year. I don't think that's possible. This was a year that was marked one way or another, in pretty much every walk of life by American politics. So we're going to have that tinging our discussion at you know various points throughout the podcast. But before we get to our words, I'm going to ask you just a, an opening question. You and I were together the night that Donald Trump was elected last year. We discussed this year in review for 2016, right before he was inaugurated, obviously. So my question to you before we start, year one in Trump's America, the presidency, has it gone better, worse, or exactly as you expected one year ago from the last time we discussed this on the Mike Janela Show? You know, it's a good question. You know, you sent this to me earlier today, and I spent a lot of today trying to figure out a, an answer that made sense. And, and I think the closest answer I can come up with is that all in all, it's sort of gone as expected. Um, I think that he's done some things that I didn't think he would do as presidency. So as a president, I was going to say, um, for instance, you know, some of the pettiness where he's still bringing up stuff like Rosie O'Donnell and Hillary Clinton and just harping on things that he shouldn't be harping on. I thought once he became president, he would stop 
focusing on those types of things. Nope. And unfortunately, I was wrong. So that's really the thing that drives me nuts about him. Uh, just like the pettiness. He's almost like a six-year-old kid that just can't give it up. Um, so that kind of stuff I find to be worse off than I was expecting. But he's actually – well, I don't, I don't mean to like praise him by any means, but he's gotten some things accomplished like the tax cuts. The, the stock market has been very strong. It's questionable how much he has to do with it. But those types of things I think have been more positive than negative. Uh, so all in all, I'd give him sort of a right on course to what I expected because I had super low expectations. So that's my uh, my politically correct and maybe incorrect answer. I'm with you. It's it's exactly what I expected because when you think about not saying it's good, but when you think about worst case scenario, we could have been involved in a nuclear war already. We could right. have had a lot of the things he tried to enact that have been blocked. Um, have gone through and they didn't. Um, he could have escalated a lot of, I don't know, things really terribly. Things have gone poorly in a lot of regards, but it could have been a lot worse. I think he hasn't had the success he wanted in terms of ramming a lot of his agenda through. And I really give a lot of credit to people who consider themselves the resistance. And we can talk about things about that that we enjoy or don't later on. But it's been a much better checks and balances system societally, if not governmentally. So I think things could have been a lot worse. That being said, they could also have been better. There's been, it's been a terrible year for a lot of people who feared the worst for this guy as our president. People in minority groups, um, women in a lot of instances, uh, immigrants. I mean, you go down the line, it's been so many people that thought that him being president would be bad for them. And it really has been. So things could be a lot better. I wish, like you, that he would have let go of this petty stuff. I assume best case scenario, he would have been inaugurated. And all of a sudden, we would have seen this new guy who dropped this facade that he used to get elected. But no, that's really him. He is a grown-up kid who has a bunch of sycophants around him. And that the guy we saw in the election cycle is the real guy. And that didn't change. So I, I was hoping that would be different. That would be better. But it's not. And so, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be, as you said. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he hasn't he hasn't brought up the wall a whole lot, like building the wall and some of the stuff of Planned Parenthood. So, you know, there, there were a lot of negative things on his agenda that that he he sort of has kind of put to the back burner. Now, you know, I know his kind of top two priorities were the tax cuts and repealing Obamacare. So. You know, I don't know if now that the tax cuts are cleared and the Obamacare is kind of part of that and sort of settled down a little bit, if he's going to A, go back to Obamacare or B, start talking about some of these other things that he talked about on his campaign trail. But, you know, to say things could have been been a lot worse, I think is a very fair statement. Uh, I think a lot of people are just so negative about Trump all the time, no matter what he does, it's going to get criticized. I mean, even if he says Merry Christmas to people, they're finding a way to criticize it. So, you know, I, I think some of the criticism is unfair. And I'm not, I don't mean to defend him, but I do think that there, <laughs> that there's really nothing he can do right. Um, so he's, it's not like he's in an easy place, especially in our demographic. Uh, so I'm just trying to look at it from the outside, looking in and being as unbiased as I can be. And I do think that it's been pretty much on par with, with what I expected. You're much more kind to him than me. I am definitely a lot harsher on him, his policies and everything in my everyday life. But yeah, when when worst case scenario is a legitimate real threat of nuclear war or getting millions of people deported, I mean, or yeah, Planned Parenthood defunded, all this kind of stuff, 
the fact that we haven't hit that is not a low bar to, to usurp or to jump over. So I'm not giving him props by any means. But, right, it, it could have been a lot worse, even though things were already pretty terrible. That's the best I can say without getting, yeah, completely inflammatory and losing my, uh, my cool here on the mic. So we'll leave it at that. What I will say is that we also called this last year. We basically called his presidency that it was going to be a zero-sum game. Whatever he did well, half the people would hate, half the people would applaud. Whatever he did poorly, half the people would castigate him for, and the other half would say give him a break. And that's pretty much what it is. No matter what he does, it's a 50-50 split. At least it seems like, to me, approval ratings uh, be damned, because I think it is still very much a split country. I think that's because a lot of the members of the Janela household are Trump supporters. So, uh, and the people in my life, there's maybe two pro-Trump and everyone else is anti-Trump. So I hear a lot more anti-Trump. Um, but to be honest, I mean, I don't know how it is in, in the Janela household over Christmas this past weekend. There's not a lot of politics talk going on in my family. So, you know, I think we sort of steer clear of that stuff we talk about what's going on in Hollywood, which I'm sure we'll get to later on in the show and, and sports and, you know, what's going on in our lives. So we, we try to steer clear of the politics talk. And I, I would recommend a lot of people do that um, moving forward. Unless, unless, you know, yeah, you but it's tough. people have people's, your life, my life is not affected directly by these policies. There are people out there who exactly. are losing their health care, who are losing relatives because of immigration policies they're, they they can't avoid it. It's it's really affecting their lives and in a lot of ways for a bad thing. It's, it's easy for you and me to say, you and I to say, let's just abstain. But for a lot of people out there, maybe the majority of people in this country, you can't do that. It's tough. No, and I, and I agree. And I think if 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 you're you're being affected and look, anyone should vocalize their opinion. Um, I'm not saying suppress your opinion. I guess what I'm saying is if you have an opinion or you have a statement to make, at least try to make it somewhat informed. I mean, that's the thing that drives me nuts the most. And we talked about this on last year's show as the, the thing that bothers you the most um, is just people making uninformed statements um, and reading a headline and then commenting based on the headline. And so th- that's really my, my overall stance is, you know, if you have something to say, would love to hear it, but at least do some research or, or read something before you have your uh, opinion on, how Trump is or isn't, you know, what he is or isn't doing for the country. Fair enough. We all need to be smarter about what we say and what we do. Uh, most of all, the man in the White House. Uh, where we spent a lot of time on this. Let's start jumping right into it because you got, you got plans tonight. We're recording this a couple days before New Year's, but you got to get going. You got high school friends you're visiting back in the hometown. So we got to make up for lost time. Let's go to entertainment. Let's go back to something, you know. Let's do it. Something that should be an escape, but oftentimes this year <laughs> was not. Um, what do you, movie of the year. Let's go for it. Last year we did a top three for each thing, but that's, it was too boggy, boggy and awkward. So we're just going to go one each. And if you want to give any special shout outs, well, we don't discuss it, but you can throw them out there. So uh, as the guest, I will let you go first. Rudner, what was your movie of the year? Film of the 2017. Well, so for, for a lot of these categories, what I did was I, I sort of came up with an honorable mention. I didn't rank top three, but I came up with ones that I considered but didn't quite hit the, the movie of the year. So uh, ones that I considered, uh, Get Out, The Founder, Baby Driver, Blade Runner, and then yesterday uh, with my family, we actually all saw All the Money in the World. I thought it was really well done, highly recommend it to anyone. So those are all movies that I'd say um, were excellent, highly recommend all of them. Uh, the founder was one that not many people have seen. Uh, it's the story about Ray Kroc, uh, who 
many think was the founder of McDonald's. In reality, it's uh, debatable whether or not he was the founder. Michael Keaton, the, the lead character, lead actor in that movie, definitely one that you guys should catch. But my movie of the year was The Big Sick. Uh, I just thought it was so well done, uh, really, really heartfelt, um, funny, uh, sweet, just very, very entertaining. I don't know anyone that's seen it and didn't like it. I think it has a 99% approval on Rotten Tomatoes or high 90s. Um, strongly, strongly, strongly recommend it. I was shocked that it didn't get any nominations for the Golden Globes. I thought that that it would get at least a few. Um, so that's my movie of the year. Mike, let's, let's hear what you have to say. Uh, I liked it too, but I saw it uh, under the influence of alcohol, and I think my senses were a little bit dulled. <laughs> I didn't really appreciate it that much, and I always said, oh, I'll watch it again sometime under a better pretense, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But yeah, it was good enough um, for me. I also loved Get Out. Good year for superhero movies. I love those. Wonder Woman, I enjoyed. Thor and Spider-Man were both really good. Um, Coco, I thought was fantastic. I actually shed a tear in the theater. Wow, I didn't know you saw that. I saw it with my dad on Thanksgiving weekend, and it's a very family tradition mood-based movie if you haven't seen it yet. So just that whole thing, I was in the mood already for it, and I mean, Pixar knocked it out of the park. It was fantastic. Um, but my number one movie of the year, and not saying this was the best movie of the year, but the best experience for me going to the movies was Dunkirk. Because to, wow, okay. to me, that is what going to the movies is about. I saw it in IMAX. Everything just technically about it was amazing. The sound, the visuals, uh, the way it just drops you right into the story, right out of the gate. There's no setup. It's just an adrenaline rush for an hour. If I saw it on my TV or on an airplane for the first time, it probably wouldn't have even made this list. But the fact I saw it in a theater with a crowd, uh, when I look back and I was like the first experience that came to my mind of seeing a movie this year, that was the one that kept coming back to me. So that gets my nod for, for 2017. And I still haven't seen that. I, I think I'm one of 10 people left uh, on this earth that still gets Blu-ray sent to their house through Netflix. Uh, and Dunkirk is next on my list. So I will have my opinion on Dunkirk for you later this week. Um, I've heard very mixed things about it. I heard it's, it's come to your point. It's awesome to see. It's definitely a theater experience type of movie, but that there's not a lot of dialogue. It's, it's tough to follow. So I wonder if I'll feel the same way about it watching it at home on Blu-ray versus your movie theater experience. Make sure you got a big TV. Um, one, one glaring omission, because it was one of the things I was looking forward to most this year in last year's episode, was Star Wars, which just came out. Did you get to see it or no? Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not going to spend no, too much time I haven't. on this. Oh, you haven't seen it. All right. What I'll say for I that... Have, I haven't seen it yet. All right. Yeah. What I'll say well, we'll for that... We'll have to do a separate pod just on Star Wars. Yeah, we'll, do it. we'll record that in 2018. Um, at first, I didn't love it when I saw it. I was still entertained... But the more I'm reading about it and thinking about it, I'm appreciating it more. And I think I like okay. it more when I go back and watch it a second time. That's what I'll say about it for now. Um, TV show of the year. Let's stay with the visual medium. What do you got there? So here are the, the, the contenders for TV show of the year. If you say um, curb your enthusiasm. Strong... Curb is, is certainly a contender. We can spend some time talking about the, oh, how we disagree about yep. curb. Um, but I am, I am HBO heavy on my shows of the year. And ironically enough, none of the same shows that I had last year. So last year, I think I went Silicon Valley, The Night Of, and uh, Westworld as my top three. Um, Silicon Valley is certainly a great show. I didn't think it was as good as some of the other shows this year. Um, Big Little Lies I put in the in the, the mix. Better Call Saul, 
And then to fill everyone in, if anyone even remembers last year's podcast, uh, I binge watched Game of Thrones, 60 episodes in the three weeks prior to the launch of the season. So I cranked that out. Um, I thought this season wasn't as good as the year before. No, it wasn't. Um, but it's also it's also a little different when you're you're watching 10 episodes over the course of three days versus I think it was six episodes this year over the course of six weeks. Uh, still a very, very good show. Um, I'm really looking forward to the final season. But my show of the year was The Leftovers. Uh, love that show. I'm sad to see it go. Each and every week when it aired, I, I needed to watch it that night because I was just so excited about seeing that show. Um, I, I, I think it'll be tough to replace the sort of anticipation that that show brought. I mean, I was, you know, it would sort of leave you on the edge of your seat, so excited about what was to come next. And I thought it wrapped up perfectly. So for those that don't know, uh, The Leftovers was a, a three-season show. This was the final season this year. And it really, really did a nice job of wrapping up. Um, I thought it was great. And that's my, that's my show of the year. I watched almost none of the shows that you just mentioned, um, except for Game of Thrones. I've, I'm realizing in my old age, and maybe it's just because I'm busy or because I'm just getting cranky, but I'm not watching hour-long shows anymore. Like Game of Thrones, I still mm. am because I've been there since almost the beginning, and I love it. But Better Call Saul, I started that. After two seasons, I just kind of gave up on it. Time commitment thing. Ah. Mr. Robot, same thing. Um, what did you say? Just leftovers. I watched season one, and then I gave up in season two. I'm, I'm like team half hour now. That's all I'm doing um, in TV these days, almost exclusively. I think it's an age thing. I don't know. But you're the same age as me, so I don't think that explains it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm out on pretty much everything that's longer than 30 minutes. So our list is going to be very different. I would say the, the one the one thing on the hour-long shows, I mean, I probably watch more hour-long shows than half-hour shows, but what becomes a nuisance is when you fall two or three weeks behind, and then it You're feels done. like homework. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, exactly that happened, what I feel. It's over. I'm that, cooked. That happened with me, uh, with Mr. Robot. I got through it. I thought this year was way better than the second season, which I thought was really poor. Um, but I was three or four episodes behind, and you just kind of have to sit down and crank two of them out or two or three of them out in a night. Or else you're just never gonna gonna catch up. So well, that's easy I to do. That's, that's easy to do when you work from a home office. Not all of us have that luxury, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Although, in fairness, I I am very good about not turning on the TV during the workday. I'd say the only times I turn on the TV that's during just the in case now that I work from home. Just in case your boss is listening. Nice job. Only in case your <laughs> yeah. boss is listening. Nice job putting that in there. No, no. In all seriousness, the only time I will turn on the TV is if there is some sort of daytime sports going on so like if the Mets are playing a day game or a few weeks ago I don't think I had turned on the TV since the the baseball season ended during the workday you know when playoff baseball was happening uh, I watched Tiger Woods and I forget which golf tournament that was a few weeks ago so I have been pretty good because I think once you do go down that path and turning on the TV during the workday you know forget about it you're, you're, you're never gonna be able to get anything done but you would catch up on all your shows. So really, it's a give and take. I guess that's true. Uh, so my, I'm giving one honorable mention, The Good Place on NBC. Uh, Ted Danson is a freaking national treasure. And it's just proof that you can still do good comedy on a network. You don't have to have cursing on HBO or 45-minute episodes on Hulu. You can still do legitimate 21-minute uh, network comedy and still make me laugh. So I love that show. And my show of the year, it is a Netflix show, Master of None. Uh, I thought it was beautifully done. It was experimental. That uh, lead Italian actress, the love interest this year, I want to marry her. Um, Aziz is hilarious, but also poignant. Um, they tackled a lot of great issues that made me think about how I 
look at the world and people in it. And I just maybe question a lot of stuff, but also laugh a lot. So I binged it all in one night, which is a good sign wow. that I loved it. And again, half hour episodes, you can do that. So uh, Master of None, Aziz, I know you won like a Golden Globe already, and I think an Emmy, if I'm not mistaken. But now you have uh, the Mike Janelle Show award. So congrats. I'm sure that's what he's been yeah, waiting we'll for his whole career. We'll have to send Aziz some hardware next year. Yeah, when we get the trophies again. made next year. Exactly, for 2018. R- right. Um, right. Before that, though, and I feel like I have to read an HBO ad because of all the love you just gave them. But uh, before we get to printing hardware next year, we're going to talk more about uh, this year. And now we're going to do some, some of our memories. Sports. Rudner, this was not a good year for sports, at least not compared to last no. year. This was, I mean, not even close. What a hangover compared to last year. Holy shit, oh. it was a drop off. Yeah, it was, I, you know, we were, I was listening to the to last year's pod this morning, and there really were so many outstanding sports moments, you know, not only for us personally with Syracuse making the final four and, uh, the Mets made the playoffs and then the, the, the NBA finals was, was just a, a, you know, a throw it down brawl, a seven game brawl where LeBron came out on top and a huge underdog. Um, the Cubs winning the world Cubs series. The world the world, like everything. Well, yeah. And, and, and this year the, the Astros winning the world series was great. That was certainly on my honorable mention. Uh, the Super Bowl was, even though I hate the Patriots, I have to say it was a compelling game. My moment of the year actually happened in the first week of the year. Uh, Clemson beating Alabama in the national championship. That was awesome. I mean, Deshaun Watson just lit that defense up, and he was incredible. That game was incredible, and it set a, a, a you know a pretty high bar for 2017, and I don't think anything really came close to eclipsing it. I thought that was by far the best sports moment of the year. I'm with you. If if the Cubs had not won last year, well, the Indians would have won. That would have been equally as dramatic. But the Astros winning this year, it just it didn't feel the same. They had a huge slump, or they'd yeah. never won before too, right? But that was so overshadowed by what happened last year. Um, so that was a close one for me, especially post-Harvey with the Hurricane. Um, that, that city getting that title, really cool. Love it. But like you, the year peaked early. I'm going to go with the Super Bowl. Because despite me not loving the Patriots that much either, as an independent sports observer, knowing that I was witnessing this historic comeback that we're going to talk about for decades and the memes are going to go on forever, that to me, I may not have enjoyed it in the moment, but I appreciated it. So now looking back on the year, that's the one that I'm going to look back and say that was the coolest sports thing of of 2017. And again, that happened in the first four or five weeks of the year. So it was, I mean, shitty year. Be better 2018. I mean, geez. Yeah, uh, fortunately, the bar is set extremely low now because That's 2017 true. was such a rough sports year. Yeah, I, 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 and it was a rough sports year for us personally, which I have kind of later on uh, in some of the awards we're giving out. But yeah, I, I'm hoping 2018 is a, is a, a much more exciting sports year than, than 2017 was. Fingers crossed, bro. All right, so we had no control over that. But this next award, we each had control over. And this was, I don't know if this was inspired by The Ringer, which did a similar thing, or if you just got to this idea independently, but this is something you wanted to add to the show this year. The best thing we bought. Yeah, so this was totally independent. I haven't even seen The Ringer article. I'm curious. Yeah, they did this like a month ago. They just did like a staff, like, shoot around article where they each, no, no, it was, I think it was for Christmas. It was the Christmas shopping list 
But instead of recommendations, okay. it was just what's the best or the favorite thing you bought this year. And every person gave 100 words on it. So um, no ideas original on the internet, but this is a good one to discuss. So uh, Rudner, what's the best thing you bought 2017? So my number two choice, I went back and forth on this. My number two choice was the Amazon Echo that I bought uh, on Black Friday. It's really cool. Um, you know, That's you can, good to like, hear because I just got my mom that for Christmas. So I hope she likes it. I, I think she'll like it. I mean, it's it's eighty bucks, so you're not making a huge investment. There's no monthly fee attached to it. Although I, I did love then how sign I just said for... I bought it for my mom for Christmas. You're like, uh, it's only eighty bucks. Not a big investment. Not a big gift. Like underselling <laughs> what I got my mom for Christmas. I appreciate it. Sorry, Mrs. Janella, if you're listening and you thought <laughs> your son spent more money on your his Christmas gift. It wasn't um, the only thing we got her. To be clear, just one of them. Okay, good. Go ahead. Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I find a lot of random uses for it. You know, if I'm getting ready to go out, whether it's to go get lunch or go out for the night. I just like to quickly ask, what's the, what's the weather? Um, ask it to play music. Uh, if I'm, you know, right before I go to sleep, I will ask, what are my meetings the next day? There, there's a ton of uses for it. And you're, I'm sure I'll find more and more over time. So I've really enjoyed that. I don't mean this to be an Amazon pitch, uh, but the, the don't worry, this podcast I've... is not big enough to have sponsors. So pitch whatever <laughs> yeah, exactly. the hell you want. All right, good. Uh, the number one thing I bought, and it's something you own as well, is the Movie Pass. Oh yeah, I have, I have loved it. Uh, I don't know if, if those listening are familiar with what Movie Pass is, but just to give the thirty second overview, essentially you spend ten dollars a month for this debit card, and you you download an app, and you have access to see as many movies as you want, you know, up to one a day uh, throughout the course of the year. And I've really taken advantage of that. I, you know, you mentioned that now I'm working from home. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned is I've, I've switched jobs since we had our last podcast, had a job for seven and a half years. And then the job I had when I spoke to you last was only for five months. So hello to my new friends at Sports Business Solutions. Uh, love working there so far. Anyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> free publicity. The, the We're just movie, giving out free publicity on this episode this yeah, year. Yeah, free publicity. Absolutely. Well, there's no sponsors, just like you said. So Sports Business the, Solutions. It's the Wild West. Exactly. So. Uh, what I was saying is, you know, now that I'm working from home, just getting out and going to see a movie for two hours on a Tuesday night, I love it. I mean, I'll go see, and we saw, we've seen a few of them together, but you know, like Brawl and Cell Block 99, that's a movie I don't think the two of us would ever see if we didn't have something like the movie pass. So nope. taking some risks in some of our movie choices, uh, I think mostly it's paid off. I've seen a couple of bad ones, but mostly a lot of really good movies. And I think it's well worth the $10 a month. Highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, but even when you see a bad movie, it's free. So how bad can it really be? Because it didn't cost you anything. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's exactly. a great deal. And I, uh, I endorse that as well, for sure. Uh, especially if you live in a metropolitan area where movie prices are just absurd. If you're paying sixteen mm -hmm. seventy five for a movie like you would in Manhattan here, you see one movie a month or two movies a month, and you're already winning. You're making money. So I, I endorse Movie Pass too. It's a great deal. Um, and, but, and there's nothing better than a movie theater experience, like you mentioned with Dunkirk. Oh, I, yeah. I just love going oh, yeah. to movies. It's so much better at the theater than at home. The popcorn is crunchier. The soda is has more bubbles. It's just it's it's the best. And that's on even if you don't have concessions, just the big screen. Oh, it's amazing. Good call on the movie pass. I forgot about that, but I endorse that too. Uh, so movie pass. If you want to sponsor the Mike Janelle show, you got uh, you got someone on board. Best thing I bought. It's similar because it's a plastic card that I keep in my wallet. My Chase Sapphire preferred card. <laughs> what the suck? Wow. This is why are you laughing? Is this funny? Thing you, 
The best that you bought was a credit card? Best thing I bought was a credit card. This is a $450 annual fee credit card. And I invested in it at the beginning of this year. And so that's a purchase. It counts. This thing. Now, it sounds crazy. I'm not going to give you the whole spiel. You can read up online about why yeah, 450 I, yeah, is yeah. not a whole thing and that it's actually a lot less money than you think. Um, the points guy is a great read for that, by the way. So check that out. But since I've gotten that card, I have traveled to Dubai, Singapore, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. I've gone to – I'm going to Russia next year for the World Cup. That flight's booked. I'm going to – WrestleMania in New Orleans. These are all trips that I didn't pay a dime for because I got them on points accrued from my Chase Sapphire card. Not to mention the 300 plus bucks it saved me already in Uber rides and Metro cards and train tickets and all this other travel stuff. It's my best friend. I can't imagine my life without it. And it lets me do so much cool stuff. And so for that, Chase Sapphire Reserve, the big boy, I love you. You're the best thing I bought this year because you let me buy so many other things that I wouldn't have had the chance to do otherwise. How can you argue with that? That's, that's, a, that's best purchase of the year material. Well, I have the same card and I love it as well. I, I guess I don't necessarily consider it a something I purchased, but that's an interesting way to look at it. I, I, I guess that's a fair statement. Yeah, um, it yeah, costs I mean, me money to it, get. It, yeah, that, it does cost you money. The, the $450 is valid. Uh, I, I agree with you on that, too. I highly recommend it. Uh, I don't know what their, their bonus sign-up is right now. Um, but anyone that – and just to be clear, I think you said preferred to start, but it's actually the Sapphire Reserve The card. Reserve, yeah. In case, in case anyone's wondering, yes, it, it, the, you, you get to redeem more points on travel, too, uh, using their system. And, and I've used it as well to go to Colorado twice and Vegas and Florida. Uh, it's definitely worthwhile for anyone that's – even if you're looking to travel one or two trips a year, highly recommend it. Uh, so I think I think that's a a worthy choice. I don't know if I was considered something I bought, but it, that's that's it's something I highly recommend. It's a shitty naming structure, by the way, Chase. That's one note for you. I got a note. Uh, preferred sounds better than reserve. It sounds like the more classier, expensive one, but it's not. It's actually yeah. the opposite, and I get them confused all the time. So Chase, I know you're probably struggling with your billions of dollars in net revenue. That's one little tip for me to make a better 2018 for you guys, uh, FYI. Um, Free advice from Mike Janela. Yeah, I'm handing Amazing. it out this year. That's, that's my Christmas gift uh, to Chase. Because I just mentioned it, I'm going to just jump right into the coolest thing I did because it was because of the Chase Sapphire. I did take a trip uh, earlier this year to visit my brother, shout out Brian, who was working in Singapore at the time. He was there for a few, like five or six months. And on the way, I went to visit him on my Chase Sapphire reserve points. Um, and I stopped over in Dubai. And that was the coolest thing I did this year because that's a city I would have never thought to visit, even though I always hear about it in the news or see it, read about it online. And I stopped there because you have to have a layover. There's no direct, as of yet, I think they're starting one in 2018, no direct flight from the New York area to Singapore. So you got to stop somewhere. And Dubai, I mean, they've got the tallest building in the world, the biggest mall in the world, a million other biggest or tallest or longest or whatever things. And just the city that's come up out of nowhere, out of the desert, literally in the last 20, 30 years or so, to be able to see that, and in particular the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building, to stand in front of it, to go to the top of it, and just to experience that. For me, it was such a huge culture shock uh, and very different 
as a vacation, but also to be able to experience all of those specific things. And I'm a person who loves doing or seeing very unique stuff like globally. So to be able to go to the top of the tallest building in the world, for me, I was freaking out in a good way. And so that was the coolest thing I did was a little trip to Dubai this year. Yeah, you have me beat there. You had a, a great travel year that I'm, oh, I'm super, super jealous of. It's an all-timer, 2017. I, yeah, 20, 2017 for me, much like the the sports year and the political year was, was a bust as far as travel goes. I don't think I left the country. I don't see how I could have if I can't remember. Uh, you know, I, that, I didn't that's really a go lie. anywhere. We, we, oh, no, you visited me in 2016. No, that was say, November. We did go to Mexico when you came to San Diego. But, yeah, that was last year, not this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So 2016 for me was a great travel year. 2017, like I said, I, I, I went to Colorado. I went to Florida. And so the best thing I did this year was now that I, I do work from home, as I've mentioned probably five times on this podcast, uh, I was able to go to Colorado and stay with my good friend Joe Nolan for two weeks. And we went uh, whitewater rafting on the Colorado Rapids. And that was awesome. If, if you haven't done it, definitely go and, and, and check it out. It's, it's a great experience. It's just awesome just to be out in nature. Um, you get the adrenaline rush of the, of the different rapids. Um, so I, I, I don't see how anyone could do that and not enjoy it uh, unless you fall out and hurt yourself. Luckily, no one fell out of our, our tube. Uh, it was a great, great time. Um, so that was the best thing I did this year. Unfortunately, in a very calm year, unlike the Colorado Rapids, a uh, very calm travel year for me in 2017. And if I'm not mistaken, that resulted in one of your Tinder pictures, didn't it? Or a Bumble photo of that trip, that whitewater <laughs> rafting. Wow, you, you're, you're, you're looking at me on, uh, on the dating apps. I guess uh, you're searching for different types of people than I thought you'd be searching for. And now that I'm single again, I got to just keep all my options open. So just cast a wide net, right? Yeah, cast a yeah. wide net, see what fish you bring in. Um, no, yeah, and I do, I got to mention, just to hype myself up, because it was a pretty major year for your boy um travel wise because yeah i went to london as well which was great um but also my cross-country drive from san diego back to new york literally started mm -hmm. with one foot in the pacific and drove until i dropped a, a hand in the atlantic and that was something i've always wanted to do in my life so literally the coast to coast drive fantastic that was another cool thing i did too but i'm going to stop bragging about myself because we got more stuff to talk about um maybe i'll give the mvp of the year to myself How's that sound? Yeah, you know, I don't really have a great MVP, so I might be – I'm scribbling notes right now and changing it to Mike Janelle. Yeah, if you want to give it to me too, that'd be great. Uh, that's our last award though, so stick around. Maybe that'll be something we can discuss at the end of the pod. Instead, we're going to go to the Rookie of the Year uh, for our big awards now. So Rookie of the Year, most WTF moment, the Bust of the Year, and the MVP. So these are, these are our big four hardwares that were given out for 2017. Rookie of the year, newcomer on the scene. Last year, we gave this award, or I did, to Pokemon Go, which was a short-lived phenomenon. But we acknowledged that. We said that it was going to be a flash in the pan, but that we couldn't deny the impact it had last year. Um, I thought about going HQ Trivia this year, but I have a feeling it's going to go the way of Pokemon Go next year. Yes. If, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, which plug, I have an interview, a podcast coming up in a couple of weeks with one of the HQ Trivia hosts, and I'm going to ask he or she about that, how they avoid that kind of uh, ignominious fate. So uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever to listen to that. Um, Rudner, who's your Rookie of the Year this year? 
Well, I the way I did it for all of these uh, awards, except for MVP, which I couldn't think of a pop culture MVP, but I split it up into sports and pop culture slash whatever else. Um, so as far as rookie of the years go, um, the sports runner-ups, the co-runner-ups, uh, I have Jimmy Garoppolo, who I know last year was technically his first year of actually playing, but this year he's he started, what, four games for the 49ers. He's... 4-0 with, with the 49ers. Jimmy GQ. Had, yeah, I think they had won one game prior to him starting. Pretty amazing story. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next year. And then Deshaun Watson, who I mentioned earlier mm. on, on the Clemson-Alabama Sports Moment of the Year. He was awesome to watch before he got hurt. He was my fantasy starting quarterback. I didn't lose a single game with him as my fantasy starting quarterback. Uh, I'm always going to have some love for Deshaun. Great, great guy to watch. I hope his knee injury doesn't mess him up for the, the rest of his career because he was electric on the field. We'll see where, where he is next year. And then my non-sports rookie of the year. I know this is really going out there, but it was it was a short-lived stretch, but boy, was it a glorious stretch with Anthony Scaramucci in the White House. <laughs> oh, man. That, that guy, the Mooch, for 10 days was just a, a dynamo of content oh. on social media. I couldn't. I could not get enough of of that guy. Just the fact that that guy was in the White House just just really really cracked me up. So uh, those are the alternates as far as Rookie of the Year goes. Uh, the Sports Rookie of the Year to me it's sort of a a non contest, and and I hate this team, but I have a lot a lot of respect for Mr. Aaron Judge. Uh, he was a monster all year long on the field. Um, now he's teaming up with Stanton next year. Every Mets fan's nightmare watching those two guys in the Yankees outfield for the next 10 years. So uh, he was a beast all year. As far as my pop culture rookie of the year, uh, I, I don't know if you, you'll even know the name, Mr. Janela, uh, but does Whoa. the name Frankie Shaw mean anything to you? Not a single thing. All right. Well, I'm glad I threw the wild card in there. <laughs> so Frankie Shaw is the, is the star, the creator, the writer, the director of, um, a show called Smilf on Showtime. Uh, I've heard of that show, yeah. Lately. It, it's a great show. She was on Mr. Robot as, um, you know, uh, Elliot's love interest in season one. She was also in the movie Stronger this year, a great movie with Jake Gyllenhaal about the Boston Marathon bombings. She's been blowing up. I've seen her on so many podcasts, on TV all over the place. Love the show, Smilf. It was, it was certainly in consideration for me as far as show of the year. Uh, I think... She's got a long career ahead of her. I'm really interested to see where she goes. So she gets my co-rookie of the year with Aaron Judge. You Man, for when we decided that we were going to do no top three rankings, you just gave me like seven people for that category. I we were gonna <laughs> well, I got to so give the alternate. People, people need uh, to know what else I considered before oh, I get man. criticized. But uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, I forgot that uh, Scaramucci even existed. The fact that we've had Spicer and him – and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and it's only been less than a year. Oh, I just want to gouge my eyes out. Um, okay, my rookie of the year. I told you already I considered HQ trivia, but after Pokemon Go Gate last year, we're going to move past that. Uh, I thought about fidget spinners as well, but I think, again, passing fad, flash in the pan. So I'm going to go with someone. And to be honest, if I were to name one song of hers off the top of my head, I could only name one song. I couldn't name a single other song she's done. And I know she's been around in other capacities besides a singer, but Cardi B, the hip-hop artist now. Are you familiar with her, Michael? Nope, I am not. 
the song where it's like, these is bloody shoes. I got red. You don't know that song at all? You didn't hear it over the summer? Uh, I'm sure you're not doing it justice. It sounds I'm familiar. Not. If I if I heard the song, then I, I'm sure I'd recognize you it. You heard it, yeah. YouTube, Cardi yeah. B later. Um, it's the only okay. song of hers I can name. She comes from a reality TV, decided to give rapping a try on the whim of her manager, I think, just told her to go in the studio and give it a shot. And this song blew up. Despacito was a juggernaut, but this song definitely gave it a run for Song of the Summer, at least in a lot of the music circles I was uh, listening to and following. And But the reason I'm giving her MV, Rookie of the Year is because just on Twitter, on social media, I see so many people. It's like it's Beyonce, Rihanna level love for this woman and what she can do. And I think, you know, she was the first uh, black woman to have a number one rap single, charting single since Lauryn Hill, I think. It's been 20 plus years since that's happened. And she made history with her first single. So I think she could be uh, a next generation type superstar that transcends hip hop and rap and gives people someone to rally around uh, societally. So I'm giving it to her, because I think, unlike HQ Trivia or Fidget Spinners or Pokemon Go last year or Anthony Scaramucci this year, I think she's got a future. And hopefully Rookie of the Year from the Mike Janela show is just, just the beginning of the stuff she, she hauls in over the next 10, 20 years, however long she feels like, like going. I just yeah, realized... I think, I think- Go ahead. Not getting the hardware for her, you know, the fact that we're doing this a year early is going to be the most painful moment of her career. We might have to give it to her in retrospect. Yeah, I might have to give it to her in retrospect next year. Okay, fair enough. All right, we'll have to design one up for her. Uh, that made that just reminded me we forgot to do song of the year. We did movie and TV show at the top of the show, and I said we were going to do song. And we forgot. So for me, it's a two-way tie. Uh, one was the song "Feels" came out over the summer. Do you remember that one? Calvin Harris, Katy Perry, Pharrell Williams, Big Sean. Don't be afraid to catch uh, feels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. All not right. the greatest song ever composed. It's not Hey Jude or anything. But whenever I heard that song and whenever I hear it today, it just puts me in a good mood. It makes me happy. It makes me feel like summer, like I'm by a pool. It's great. And then uh, this is more my song of the year, I guess. Uh, Humble, Kendrick Lamar. That whole CD was incredible. That CD, that album, I'm dating myself, kid of the 90s. Um the whole album was incredible. Yeah. That song, the moment I heard it for the first time, it felt like I'd already heard it a hundred times in a good way. But then I realized it was you know, nothing I'd heard before. Uh, just that, that driving beat was amazing. That's another song that every time I hear it, I, I never hit next. I never uh, go somewhere else. And that was just one of the best jams for me off of one of the best albums of the year. So those are my songs of the year. Do you still have them or did you forget that since we moved past it earlier in the show? Oh, no, I only had one. I have no runners up here. Um, to me, it's it's a one-horse race, and that's Despacito. I don't know how sure. you even can suggest anything other than young Justin Bieber's finest work. Uh, but that, that let's, was let's, let's note song that, of the year. Let's note that song was originally not inclusive of Mr. Bieber. It was a remix of his. <laughs> um, so uh, Luis, Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee, I think, right? Was that the original artist? Yes. Yeah, awesome. Yes, um, no, for sure. In terms of... Most popular song, most successful song, no doubt about it. That was the song of the year. We go back, we look at 2017, that's going to be the song people associate it with. Um, I just personally got sick of it after a while. So personal preference, that's it. But a good wow. song. All right, fair enough. And well, any, any guy that will stop into Plug Uglies while he's in New York, which Justin Bieber did on a Wednesday night, I, I have more love to you. So um, Despacito definitely tops my list. But okay, fair enough. It's personal choice. That's, that's, uh, that's why it's 
the song of the year, not the top 10 songs of the year. Yes, precisely. It would have been top 10. It would have made that for me. But, yeah, we don't have that kind of time. Um, all right, our big three, um, and it's the same three we had last year. So this is, you know, returning categories. See if we have any two-time or repeat winners. The most what-the-fuck moment of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got one. What's yeah. yours? Well, I have to give the, the backup choices. Um, my first backup choice. There's been a was, there was a lot. This was the WTF year of all years. So I, I got yeah. a lot of backup well, choices too. Well, the, the first backup choice was nine days ago. And I don't know if you know where we're going to this, but receiving the text that you are no longer in a relationship <laughs> was, was quite devastating. But You, you did this uh, last year you, too. That your yes, moment was like me getting fired have, by the Padres. I think I think we're gonna make a special category of most Janella WTF <laughs> moment of the year, and then we'll we'll mix it up for everything else. But oh, okay. the text stated, and I have to read it because it was classic, and I think oh, your no, I don't... your your listeners will appreciate it. Uh, I well, may edit. Like... I may edit this out if I don't like where it's going. But oh no, go it's ahead. gonna be great. Well, you texted it. So how could you not like it? Because it's a personal uh, well, conversation. Much like Mike... It's not meant to be broadcast <laughs> to all these listeners in public. Uh, well, here it is. Uh, well, much like Mike Piazza's time with the Marlins, I am no longer in a relationship, boys. And I actually responded with WTF. So how can that not be in the consideration for WTF moment of the year? Uh, that unfortunately did happen. We could talk about that off the pod, uh, which we have done already. But that's got to be a consideration. Um, I think what most people would say are all of these Hollywood scandals, all of these sexual yeah. harassment and assault claims and and I don't want to kind of go down that path and talk too much about that. Um, so I'm going to steer a different way and go with my moment of the year, which I think has gotten lost with all this other stuff that's gone on. But how about the Oscars and La La Land being announced yep. as the next picture? Jordan Horowitz goes up. He's reading his acceptance speech and how excited he is. And all of a sudden you see the sort of, you know, rustling going on on the stage. And he says, um, sorry, guys, we didn't win. Um, you know, uh, actually, uh, I forget the, what was the the, um, the moonlight. moonlight. Moonlight has won instead, and um, you know that was watching that live was a jaw dropper. I don't think I've ever been more surprised watching something on TV um, than that moment. So, so I have to give that the nod for most WTF moment of the year. Oh uh, yeah, I think for a, an individual moment like Frozen in Time, you're not going to beat that. I mean, it's the Oscars. It's the reason they're still alive is because of stuff like that. And I actually tweeted when I first saw somebody running around at the back of the stage with a headset. I remember tweeting something like, wait, did La La Land not actually win? And then like a minute later, it all unfolded. And then everybody else beat me to the punch. I don't have a big enough Twitter following to get credit for calling it. But something felt off, and as you're seeing it unfold, I couldn't believe that it was actually happening. And that was early in the year, too. The Oscars was what, February, something like that? Yeah, end of February. Yeah. Um, Incredible. That's the reason live TV is still the best. And no matter how everything is on demand now, that's why people still watch the Super Bowl or the Oscars or stuff that's happening live. Because you never know when that that shit's going to go down. Uh, That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the Hollywood thing. And for the record, that's not why my ex-girlfriend now dumped me. No harassment scandals or anything like that. But, uh, yes, this was something that took people, I wouldn't say by surprise, like uh, most of the guys that were getting busted this year, I read the news and I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I, 
I'm not surprised. Um, right. So that's something that I, you know I'm not going to say. You know, it, it's WTF in in a negative way. Like, what the fuck is wrong right. with people? More than what the fuck just happened, um, which can be a bit more you know fun and positive. But yeah, that was just out of control but good you know it's, it's good that this stuff's coming out and good that these men are being held accountable they should be um so it's 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 wtf i think with some eventual positive change and unfortunately a lot of these women for many years had to suffer but hopefully them getting their voices now is is something that can lead to more positive change moving forward um my my personal moment is very personal so i'm going to shout out a couple other uh i guess societal ones um just so, and basically they're all from like the Trump administration, right? Just the lack of optics, not even talking about policy. And I am going back to politics quickly, but not even policy or agenda or anything, but just the lack of optics that everyone surrounding this White House has, whether it's the, you know, claiming it's the biggest inauguration crowd ever when there's legitimate photos proving far to the contrary, or him throwing paper towels out to the people in Puerto Rico when he's visiting after the hurricane. Or like what are the the Sarah Huckabee Sanders pie gate at Thanksgiving, or Betsy DeVos with uh, you know we need guns in schools so kids can shoot the grizzly bears or whatever she said. It's just like and and I can go on. That would be a whole other podcast. But just the amount of things that these people are doing that make you say, "What? How did nobody stop this or screen this or have two cents in their mind before they did this?" It just it, it continues to blow my mind even a year in some of these things that happen. It's just it's it's insane. But my most WTF moment of the year. And okay, I think here we go. Yeah, and I think you're gonna like this one. Um so speaking of the Trump White House, the national anthem backlash, the NFL players kneeling, took America by storm this fall. And we can discuss that separately if you want. But it resulted in Friend of the podcast, someone who's been on before, and a friend of yours and mine, Brian Dumas, getting in a Facebook argument with my mom about oh, yeah. NFL players kneeling for the national anthem. And as I sat there, like I put a Facebook status up commenting on the scenario, and then everybody just starts jumping in on it, and it's a Roman gladiator fight in the comments of this thread. And I think I posted it on my way to work, and then I didn't check it while I was commuting, and then I get to my desk at work, and I'm just seeing my notifications blow up, and I'm just sitting there watching my mom, who's you know a middle-aged, you know, specific age redacted, a white woman, daughter of immigrants, argue with uh, a guy who's our age, black guy from Atlanta, going back and forth, and I'm just thinking, what the fuck? This, I never in a million years thought that this would be the, the debate that's happening right now, on a social media platform, and I was just, as I'm seeing it unfold, I couldn't believe it, but that is what our country is right now. That's what the current climate has led us to do, is people just getting involved in situations and conversations and scenarios that we never would have predicted even, I think, a year or 18 months ago, and yet here we are. So maybe it's not as WTF as we would have thought in the past, but uh, it definitely made me take a step back and realize, wow, things are, are different than they used to be. Yeah, that that was nuts. Uh, I remember when it went when it went down, and just texting you and some other friends from the pod, like Steph and and John and and uh, Bobby Kruger, just about what was going on. It was it was mayhem. I mean, something you you never would have expected to see. Um, Brian, someone went to college with, and your mom, and some of your I guess your your aunts and cousins maybe that were also chiming in, uh, kind of going head to head 
Uh, it was awesome to see from an outside perspective. I'm sure it was. It was entertaining for you. <laughs> it was definitely entertaining. Although, if I'm going to go with most WTF moment from Brian, it has to be from your 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 Super Bowl podcast, where as a Falcons fan, he picked Legarrette Blunt as his one player from the Patriots that he'd like to see on the Falcons. Of all the guys in the Patriots, that's the guy he's going to take. But okay, <laughs> that was more WTF than anything that happened on the Facebook wall. But uh, Brian, you've been, you know, you've been holding on to that for a year. A-Town, if you're listening, oh, you has been wanting to grind this axe for months, dude. LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, the guy was on the free agent market for however long, and the Eagles signed him for next to nothing. Oh, boy. All right, Brian. Well, whatever. You, I guess that was your, your take there. You know but, what? Uh, you, you know, know what? That... When they were trying to nurse that lead and kill the clock and not blow that 28-3 lead, a couple of Garrett Blunt's uh, clock-chewing runs up the middle, some of the HB draws, might have come in handy now in retrospect. Uh, Devontae Freeman is, is plenty good. Uh, I don't know why he would ever have to sit sit out for Garrett <laughs> Blunt to get on the field. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll digress. Yes, I think that was a, a good WTF moment. I certainly thought about it, but I, I had a feeling you were going to go with it. So I wanted to, to let you throw that out there. It's, that's going to be tough to top in 2018 for a WTF moment of the year. Seriously. But again, uh, who knows? As long as this country continues the way it is, uh, it's just it's a it's a cauldron and things are going to bubble. So I'm excited. He said sarcastically, bust of the year. We're down to our final two awards. Yeah. The MVP is coming up. The bust of the year. This can be a person, a thing, an, a whatever. That just let you down, didn't live up to expectations. Last year, you went for Bill Simmons, who had a nice rebound year this year, I thought. So who do you got this year? Maybe it, maybe that's a blessing. Whoever you name bust of the year can have a bounce back 2018. Who you got? Yeah, shout out to the sports guy. Awesome year, 2017. Certainly rebounded. I think uh, we just needed to talk about him to motivate him to have a strong, strong year. And, and I, I think, works. yeah, I think he and Cousin Sal had the discussion on a podcast that he heard us saying, hey, step up the game, bro. And he really came back with a vengeance. So, yeah, you're welcome, Bill. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll accept your checks um, as far <laughs> as part of a commission um, for, for your renaissance 2017. Uh, as far as bust of the year, so we talked about this earlier today. Uh, one thing I mentioned as far as looking forward to for next year was virtual reality. And that's, that's gone nowhere. And I think I said in last year's pod, didn't really believe in it, but I think this is kind of a make or break it year. It's, it's getting a lot of hype. I think it's going to either deliver or never deliver in this year. And I, I was sort of proven correct in that. I, I, I can't imagine from this point forward it's going to really ever deliver. It didn't get a lot of momentum this year. Um, I see that sort of being a fad and fading away, much like a, a 3D TV, which is the example I used last year. Um, that was a big bust for me. Uh, the movie Girls Trip. I don't know if you saw that. I still haven't Mr. seen Janelle. it yet, no. I mean, it was so hyped up. I love raunchy comedy, so it's not like I was offended by anything in the movie. I just didn't find it funny. Uh, I don't, I don't understand the love for Girls Trip. So that, to me, was 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 a big bust. I, I was really looking forward to seeing it. Did not find it funny at all. Um, and then other on the sports side, the Mets obviously terrible year. Matt Ryan, who couldn't hold a twenty eight three lead, and then was terrible this year. Uh, but the bust of the year has to be the New York Football Giants. I mean, they are such a mess. They went into the season with a lot of people thinking that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders, and now they're likely going to finish with, with two wins on the season. Um, just an embarrassing display of effort. You know, bad luck with injuries. Eli Manning getting benched. Uh, the coach and the GM getting fired midway through the season, which the Giants almost never do. 
Um, an absolutely pathetic year all around for the New York Giants. And uh, the only good thing to come from this year with the Giants was Mike Francesa's epic, epic mm. final rant right before he, he went into retirement uh, two weeks ago. Uh, loved hearing him just blast McAdoo about the, the whole mismanagement on the Eli benching. But they have to be the biggest bust of the year. I mean, I don't even know if you heard, but about an hour ago, news came out that Landon Collins called Eli Apple a cancer. I mean, you never see two teammates going at each other in the media like that. Um, usually they have to leave the team first before you start hearing all this backlash about one of your teammates. Uh, they are a huge mess. I, I think they'll probably find a way to blow the second pick and they'll win this week and the Colts will lose and they'll end up with a third pick just because that's the kind of year it's been for the Giants. And a uh, shout out Mike Francesa, by the way, who's uh, left the fan, sort of quasi-retirement, but I grew up with the Mike and the Mad Dog, I'm sure so did you. So uh, mm-hmm. big, big, big ups to him. Um, I'm going to... My honorable mention bust of the year, and we can discuss this now. We teased it earlier. And, yeah, virtual reality, you and I were both out on that from the beginning. What a crock of bullshit. I just – it does nothing for me. Um, You're really me, ramping up the uh, the language this year, Mr. Janelle. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, the reins are off. Uh, yeah. it's Whoa. I'm here. No I'm longer here. G-rated at the Mike Janelle show. Yeah, no. It's been the case for months. It's good to know that you listen and that you've uh, you've seen that evolution happen over time. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, curve your enthusiasm. What a letdown. Wow. This is not my bust okay. of the year, by the way, but it's the one that I think okay, all right, all right. the most. Um, it just felt, and I was so hyped up for it. it. It was, what, nine years, 11 years since the last one? Eight years? I forget. But it just, it missed the mark for me. Everything was predictable. And you know that every Curve episode, every Seinfeld episode, that things would tie up in the end, but you didn't know how. These episodes for me, I could see the tie-ins coming a mile away. The jokes just weren't funny. They kept trying to make things happen the way a yada yada would or the pretty, pretty good, you know, which was organic in the past. Like I remember the, the preempt, preemptive text thing. They were trying to just drive that in as a thing, even though it's been known, widely known for years now. Everything just felt forced. That's the word I kept thinking about when I watched the season, forced. And it just didn't feel like natural. So I'm hoping they're coming back next year. I'm hoping since they're already going to be shooting sooner, it'll be more organic, more natural. But Curb was a runner-up bust of the year for me. And I know you loved it. So feel free to have a rebuttal now if you want. Well, I wouldn't say I loved it. I'd say a lot of what you you said, I, I can't really argue with it. I think some of it was forced. I think some of the storylines were just a little too over the top and unrealistic. I think some of it was predictable. I mean, some of it I certainly saw coming. My defense of it is, A, yes, I agree. It, 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 it was not the best season that it's had and, and, and probably one of the worst seasons um, that it's ever had. But I still laugh out loud more from Curb than any other show on television. So, you know, when that's sort of the bar I'll set for a comedy, which I think is the bar you should set for a comedy, it, it still succeeds there. It still makes me laugh more than literally any other show on television. So... I can't say I hate it. I'd say it's below my expectations just because it really was, you know, that and Seinfeld are my two favorite shows of all time. And, and this season wasn't at the same level as some of prior seasons. But I just I still think it's it's still far superior to what else is on television right now. Yeah, I didn't laugh out loud once the whole season. Maybe wow. you're, maybe that's you're, shocking to me. Maybe your and my humors are just diverging in our old ages. Who knows? could be possible yeah that's that's possible yeah um but my bust of the year and this is a bust of the year in the bill simmons mold from last year and that i hope this person 
rebounds next year because I absolutely love them. I know you do too in more ways than one on your end, uh, maybe in mine too. But I'm, I'm really hoping for a bounce back year next year. Our, our dear favorite, Katie Nolan. Katie Nolan, interesting. I didn't I, like when you said my favorite. I'm like, is he going with The Rock? I know we talked about him last year. Rock was in some bad movies. Yeah, Katie Nolan's had a really quiet year. Uh, she was on she was on ESPN, I think, yesterday um, when I was watching something, and and I said, oh, Katie, like I haven't even seen her on TV in forever. So that's a good call. Right, uh, not a bust that awesome. she did anything bad, but that she didn't do anything. Right. She had obviously her contract dispute, whatever, with Fox Sports, but yeah. She looked like she was ramping up to some real big stuff at the Super Bowl. She hosted her mm-hmm. show from the Super Bowl, and then they basically right. iced her until they let her out of her contract a couple months ago. She's been doing some sporadic ESPN stuff here and there. I just listened to the first episode of her new podcast, which hasn't started officially, but they dropped a preview episode. I listened to that today, and it was just nice to hear her voice again and her takes, and I'm just excited that hopefully now that she's settled there, that 2018 we're seeing more of her. We're hearing more of her because I really love everything she's done and that she's about. And I think she's a really cool voice to have in the space. So, Katie, down year, but it's because we want you to have a better year next year. So my fingers are crossed that she comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, she was iced much like many members of your family were iced during the Janela family Christmas, as, as I saw <laughs> on, on Instagram. So uh... Very different icings. <laughs> Smirnoff is making a comeback. Oh, man, freaking hilarious. <laughs> MVP yeah, of that the was year. A... Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, wish the best for Katie. I hope, I hope she uses the Bill Simmons example from last year as motivation for this year. Yeah, Katie, we're pulling for you. MVP of 2017. Uh, much like many of the awards that we handed out this year, there was not nearly as clear-cut of a choice as last year. Uh, you chose Theo Epstein last year, led the Chicago Cubs to the World Series, cemented mm-hmm. his place in Jewish sports lore and sports lore, period. Uh, I picked LeBron James for everything he did on the court, winning a title for Cleveland, off the court, social activism, charity, etc. cetera. Uh, this year, uh, not really easy choices like those two. Um, no. So I'm interested to see how you decided to tackle this. Uh, I thought about giving it to Donald Trump in a time person of the year kind of thing, MVP yeah. being that he mm-hmm. was just the person who Most dominated yeah, the conversation, took yeah. all the air out of the room for better or worse. It was his year. We're going to look back on it as his year, whether you like him or not. But um, I'd like to be MVP, something positive, not just uh, controversial. So I'm going to wait for mine because it's my show, so I go last. Who's yours? So I struggled with this as well. I really couldn't think of a good person. I, I too thought about Trump in the same sort of fashion and just that, you know, he's certainly the most talked about person of the year. Everyone has an opinion on him, mostly negative, but um, you, you can't really be middle of the road on Trump. Um, but my MVP on the positive side is Jose Altuve. Uh, he like just I know he's not American, but he sort of embodies um, the the sort of, I don't know if American dream is the right way to put it, but a short guy by stature, you know, physically should not be able to compete with guys like Aaron Judge, who finished second in the MVP award in, in, in the American League this year. Um, but boy, does he do everything great. I mean, he's 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 an awesome offensive player. He, he hits for power, even in his short little frame. He runs around the bases pretty much faster than anyone else in baseball. He's great with the glove. He's always hustling. He's a leader on the team, and he led their Astros to their first ever World Series. Um, I love watching him play. 
I was pulling for the Astros this postseason really strictly because of him. Um, so he gets my MVP award, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing many more years of, of, him, of him playing baseball. I hope he stays healthy because he's really an exciting player to watch. And a great ambassador for that community. With everything Houston did go through this year, him and J.J. Watt seem to really carry the flag for that whole city. So, uh, And a great guy, too, by all means. Uh, yeah, smile on his face no matter what. So that's, that's a good choice. Jose, you'll be getting your award next year, maybe in retrospect, if we have it in the budget. Yeah. My MVP of 2017. We've already discussed I had a tough time coming up with someone so clear-cut as last year, but... You've mentioned you bought one of his products earlier in the podcast. You discussed it. I ordered my groceries from one of his companies today. A newspaper he owns has been uh, very integral in the political discourse of 2017. He's taken over the world. It's Amazon's Jeff Bezos. Not a – what do you think of that one? Just off the, right off the top, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean you, you, I, I, I love Amazon as a company. Um, you know, I have, I have Amazon Prime. I, I bought an Echo and a Dot and – I have Amazon Music. I don't think you can go wrong. Um, I am an investor in the stock, so I love Amazon as a company. It makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I can't. You're speaking more to. It seems like you're speaking more to just Amazon as a company as far as MVP versus Jeff Bezos personally, just because I don't know specifically things that he's doing versus things that Amazon is doing. Um, but I think if you're sort of going with Amazon as a choice, uh, I think it's a, it's a very wise choice as far as just a, a company that's just absolutely killing it in 2017. Well, the reason I gave it to him and not Amazon, although that, that is a very good choice too, if I just gave it to the company. So he only owns, and I looked this up on the fly. That's how good of a Googler I am. He only owns 17% mm. of Amazon. So it's not, he's not even a majority shareholder, but that's well, enough. It's a public obviously. company. So right, that's right, a lot. Right. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's the guy who founded it. He's been there since day one, all that stuff. And all the innovations they do, despite the, I mean, even they have been not been immune to work practice allegations and things like that, how they treat their employees, et cetera. So he's not perfect by any means. But the yeah. fact that he, he became the richest person in the world again this year, surpassed Bill Gates this year. So that's a big where, win. Where are you on that list with all that travel? You're what are you, thir third or fourth? Uh, no. Remember, I pay for everything on my Chase Sapphire reserve points. So I don't actually have oh, any that's money. Right. I just, yeah, I go okay. into credit card debt to accrue the points to pay for stuff. For free. Got it. Okay. Just yeah. want to make sure. Just to be clear. Um, how much, how much do you think Jeff Bezos is worth estimated net worth today? Uh, ooh, it's, I don't know. Um, $12 billion. Not even, not even close. $90.6 billion. Nine zero. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy I was not even close. You're right. Billion dollars. <laughs> Holy shit. So, so he, he's, got, he's got his Amazon stake. He invented it. They are ubiquitous this year. They bought Whole Foods this year. Prime Day owned, you know, it's, it's the new Black Friday. The Washington Post, which he bought a few years ago, but obviously has become one of Trump's greatest adversaries and is yeah. now back, you know, in the spotlight. Uh, because of, of the media and the, the spotlight on that and the renewed uh, scrutiny on it, for better or for worse. So I think he's the guy who's at the center of this all. Or the, the second Amazon headquarters, remember he was asking cities across America to send him pitches for why the new Amazon headquarters should be in their city? And like 500 U.S. cities got to their PowerPoint decks to go and, and kowtow to him on why they should come to their place. He's got America wrapped around his finger, man. And even though he may not be as public-facing as... Steve Jobs was for Apple back in the day. 
this is a guy who's crushing it. So uh, for me, and he probably knows everything personal about me for my shopping habits and my search history, but Jeff Bezos, man, congrats on the MVP of 2017, bro. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's a a good choice. One one question I wanted to ask you before we we hit our sort of closing and and what we're looking forward to to next year. Um, MVP for you, or not really MVP, but not including me, what was the best animal that you interviewed this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good question. Yeah, so I've done a lot of animal interviews now with my new job, uh, which was not the case last year. Uh, for the record, I don't interview the actual animals. I interview their handlers uh, or the people who – their owners. Um, I, love, I love baby big cats, so leopards, tigers, stuff like that, cheetahs, but when they're tiny – and we had these two baby leopards come on one of my shows this year, uh, little brothers. They were maybe eight weeks old. The cutest thing, because you know that in a year's time, they can kill you uh, in like a second. But right now, they're just fuzzy and adorable. So I'm, I'm going to give that to the, their names were Usain and Attila, I think. Um, so look it up. It's online. You can find it. Just search leopards and Mike Janella, and it's going to be there for you. So it's great. All right. No, sounds good. Did All right. I, I know we I... wanted to get to our final category. Yeah. No, that was that, satis- that, that satisfied my uh, my itch. I was curious to see what you'd say. Good. Good. I'm glad. Glad you're satiated. So that wraps up our look back at 2017. Uh, we gave out the big awards, and uh, as we did last year, we look forward to the upcoming year. So our congrats to everyone who won an award from us in 2017. All the memories that we made that year as well. But. Time moves on. It's a flat circle, but it's a train that doesn't get off the track. So 2018, wow. it's mere days away. What are you looking forward to the most, Mr. Rudner? So the thing I'm looking forward to the most is, is where cryptocurrency is going to be at the end of 2018 versus right now. Um, Bitcoin has really been the talk of the town uh, outside of Donald Trump, and we haven't mentioned it once, and I feel like it's part of every conversation I have lately. Because I can't um, afford it. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just crazy, crazy fluctuations. It'll go from you know a value of one Bitcoin equals twenty thousand U.S. dollars to nine thousand, all within uh, a three or four day span, back up to fifteen thousand. I mean, just crazy, crazy fluctuations. Uh, the Big Bang Theory even did an episode about it uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm really curious to see where that goes next year. If it keeps just going, I mean, I can't see it just keep going up and down like it's been going at, at this rate. Um, but will it be in better shape next year? Will it just skyrocket through the roof? I'm really interested to see where that goes. I have not invested in it. And I'll give you just a quick 30-second reason why. I just feel like you can't win. Like, even if I, I bought it at, let's say, 2000 and it goes up to 10000 and I sell it and make good money there, you know, if it then goes up to 100000 then I feel like an idiot for not waiting. I feel like there's just no way you're going to win with it. Even if you make money, you're going to lose because you're going to be so mad you sold it when you sold it. So um, well, then I, it's a matter I, of I haven't how, done it. Then it's a matter of like right. how much do you have to make to not be mad, you know? <laughs> sure. And so, so yeah, I, and, and I'm not afraid of losing money on it, even if it gets you know goes down in the tank. It's just more of I, I don't really understand how it works, like the crazy fluctuations. It's It's kind of a... Uh, an interesting thing to keep an eye on as, as the year goes on. I'm curious to see if it's still going to be so highly talked about, or even more highly talked about a year from now. Uh, so that's the thing I'm looking forward to most in 2018. Uh, yeah, it was a talk of uh, the family at Christmas just this week for me. Some of my family members are invested in it. Some have never even heard of it, but are now intrigued. Wow. So 
Um, we'll see. And for the record, you know, it's not just Bitcoin. You can buy, there's literally thousands of cryptocurrencies. Some of the, it's like stocks. You can get penny stocks, exactly. you can get blue chippers, whatever. But um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll dabble in it early 2018 and I'll be so rich that uh, we won't even have a podcast next year. I'll have my own, own network and you can come on that. Well, that could be your new best friend. 2017, it's the Sapphire Reserve Card, and 2018, yeah. it's your three three bitcoins that you own. Best the best thing I bought my my half percentage of a bitcoin. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, so, looking forward to most in 2018. Uh, I'm gonna have two answers because one is personal. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, thanks to my Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, uh, I'm going to the World Cup in Russia. Um, which I think will be an awesome experience. Never been to that country, uh, despite its political uh, connotations these days. It is a very historic country, which I love. And I get to see Portugal and follow them around probably for the last time that my boy Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be at his peak. So I'm excited for that. It's going to be a great uh, World Cup, despite the fact that America is not in it. Oh, well. But on, on a macro scale, like for the world, the thing I'm looking forward to most, and I'm going to go back to politics because I think it's the way that this year has gone. We have midterm elections next year, and I'm very interested to see how America goes to the polls. Um, so half the people you talk to think that there's going to be a huge course correction to Trump, and that like the the results in Alabama recently, the mm -hmm. Doug Jones, Roy, Roy Moore, Roy Ray, I always forget his first name, the Roy, alleged pedophile. Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Yeah. Um, people are saying, oh, that's, that's, that's just the harbinger of things to come. It's going to be a big push from the left, and then Trump's going to be outnumbered, and it's going to be a huge you know, backlash from what we saw in 2016. Other people are saying, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Trump's base is only solidifying, and it's only going to get stronger when things come. So I'm, I'm extremely interested to see how that plays out one way or the other. I have my personal preferences how I want it to play out, but for all this talk, both sides have been – Ramping up the rhetoric uh, already, and they will be for the next, what, 10 or 11 months until it happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting crossroads in the administration and in American history. And I love uh, living history as it's happening. So it's going to be very uh, cool to see how that plays out. Uh, I guess cool is not the right word because it could play out very poorly. But um, we'll see how it goes. And I think that's going to be uh, intriguing. So I'm, I'm keeping my breath baited for that. And my, my prediction is there's course correction. I think that's going to be more of what we saw in Alabama. I really do think that's what's going to happen in November. But I guess stay tuned to, to see what happens. Yeah, well, you and I also both thought that we would have our President Hillary Clinton uh, in the White House now. And it's you true. and I were there together at the, on the night that we were proven very, very wrong more than a year ago tonight. So we'll see how it goes. Mikey, this was fun, man. Uh, we went a lot longer than I expected, and you have plans to get to. So I'm going to keep the wrap-up quick, but plug uh, your job again or your social media handles, whatever you want people to know more about. Yeah, Sports Business Solutions. Uh, my Twitter handle is Mike Rudner. Uh, for Bob and Jason and Josh, if you guys are listening, uh, look forward to working closely with you guys in 2018. And uh, for anyone that's, that's into the sports business world, um, which I'm sure you have a few people just from back in your Padres days, you know, definitely check us out. Um, you can you can go to sportsbusiness.solutions. Um, we'll help you find a job. We'll talk to you about career advice. Um, would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, this was a great show, Mike. Always look forward to coming on the podcast. Um, would be happy to come on more often. Although I know I'm designated as the the year closer at this point. Yeah, I'm like I think the, I the think you've got various your... familia. Of the podcast. I think we've got your niche. I was going to go with Armando Benitez, but your familia is very uh, apropos as well. Um, yeah, to quote another big character we didn't even mention this year in the podcast, LeVar Ball, 
stay in your lane. You've got the year end. We'll work on that from there. <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, Rodner. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy the rest of 2017. And to you guys, thank you so much for all of you. I know it's been a, a few weeks, over a month since I dropped an episode. So if you've made it this far into the podcast, really appreciate you. And thank you so much for sticking out with me uh, all year long. We've got more Mike Janelle show coming up in 2018 as well. Some cool guests to start the year off right coming up uh, once the calendar turns. So Thank you guys so much for listening. Tell all your friends to subscribe, review, rate. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Google Play. We're on Spotify now. That just happened a couple weeks ago. That's exciting. You have no excuse not to listen to the show. So thank you guys so much for all the love and the support. And keep it coming because I love you back. Rudner, see you, brother. Peace. And to you guys, thanks for listening. We'll try and do better next year. See ya.